everybody. I am so excited for us to be back here. I'm Dr. Liz Dexter-Mazza here with Mariah Covington, and you are back with us for our podcast, How Come They Didn't Teach Us That in Schools. Um, we've taken the summer off. This is our first podcast of coming into the new school year, and we're so great to have you back here listening with us. Um, just brief introductions if you haven't been here with us before. I am a clinical psychologist and the one of the co-developers of the DBT Skills in Schools Skills Training and Emotional Problem Solving for Adolescent Social Emotional Learning Curriculum for Middle and High School students. Um, and I live in Seattle with my husband, my co-developer Jim Mazza, and our three kids. And we have been figuring out how to get DBT skills to every kid in schools. And we wanted to just kind of be here with you today for this podcast of. How do we help kids get what they need as they're entering back into this school year? And my lovely co-host, Mariah Covington. Hi, guys. Um, I am a former mental health counselor in schools. I now work at a private practice. Um, I was in schools for about like seven years, um, and that just ended like June 30th. So I have been in residential, um, public school, what's the other one, private, like I work now, I work with a lot of kids who are in private and public school in the private practice. So about ages like 12-ish to like 19, 20-ish. Excellent. So Mariah, we have taken the summer off. We are yeah. back now. We've got some schools around the country who've already started back in person, some starting this week, like I think like August through the first week of September is when Schools are all starting to ramp up and get ready and kids are get, getting back. Teachers are going back for professional development. I've been doing a ton of trainings in schools for the last month, helping teachers and school mental health staff get ready. Yes, yes. Um, there's a lot of anxiety about going back. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's both anxiety and excitement. Yeah. It's definitely the both and mm -hmm. in this yeah, yeah. situation coming in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different and the same, right? Like mm -hmm. we're coming back and it's like, whoa, so we weren't at a hundred percent. Now we're five days a week, a hundred percent of the students going to be here. We, most states have removed their uh, social distancing rules. So mm -hmm. all the kids will be back and here we go. Here right? we go. Exactly. Here we go. So, so let's talk about, you know, what we've been hearing about and how, you all, our wonderful listeners, can start thinking about preparing and coping for what to expect coming back into school um, this year. If you're already back in school, what it's been like that we're hearing. And if you're heading back, here's some things we want you to think about. Yeah. So I've been talking to a lot of schools already. And going back to what we just said, you know, there is this piece that kids are all coming in from different places and adults too, right? And this like, this is regardless of what your state's political standpoint, mask mandate, no mask mandate, um, in-person, remote, social distancing or not, everybody is coming back into school with this still elevated baseline of emotion vulnerability and sensitivity that we've had for the last 18 months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think about kids coming in right now, I'm really thinking about there's excitement to be back in school with your friends. There's, you know, the dread of being back in school and having to do the schoolwork. 
Yeah. There's also the nervousness that could be happening on for on the individual level about will I get sick? Can I get sick? Will other people get me sick? Um, can I get family members sick? Or you know, at some point, because right, right? we have this thing looming. We can't we can't step off of that, right? right. The Delta variant is looming, and so a lot of my kids are like, I don't know if we're going back. Like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's see what happens. And there's this this unknowing, which like heightens up everybody's sensitivity too, right? Like we don't know. Like there is, could be a possibility that November, October, we're sitting back at home again, which mm-hmm. like makes me cringe just thinking about it. And it's it's a possibility. Right. It's all a possibility. You know, we look, we're looking down at Georgia, um, where two schools this week had to put, you know, kids back into remote learning um, because of a COVID outbreak within the first couple of weeks of school. And I know that's happened in some other states as well. So there's that anxiety coming in. And so the other anxiety I want to talk about and then we'll kind of get into strategies and things that we can we think that um, people can think about and possibly use is the difference amongst values of families and kids. You know, we know that in some schools there are not mask mandates, and so we have kids or adults coming into the schools without masks, and some kids coming in with masks. Mm-hmm. Right. And we then have a divide. And this may be based on political differences, medical um, values or religious values, whatever the difference is, it's a potential breeding ground for bias, judgment and bullying. Mm-hmm. And I think you had a great story that you were telling me about this and how, where, how you saw this show up um, for kids in schools. Yeah. So um, I was talking to my husband and his cousin um, was saying that they have an eight-year-old daughter. They live in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, She's eight. So she's not able to get the vaccine. Um, And they had a a face shield for her. So they were like, oh, you know, you go to school with your face shield. This is before. This is like in April or whenever they all went back. And um, she went to school with her face shield and she began being bullied. So she then takes her face shield, she smashes it up, she puts it in the car seat and she tries to hide it, right? And you're an eight-year-old, you're not thinking, oh, my parents are going to find my face shield. They find the face shield. Um, and then they're like, well, did you wear your mask all day? And she's like, yeah. And then they, you know, they show her the mask and she starts crying. And she's like, they're making fun of me for wearing a mask and saying that it's stupid. And my teacher doesn't even wear one and she's vaccinated. So we don't have to worry about it. So I just don't want to get made fun of. Um, and that is something that some kids are experiencing, depending on where they go to school. So how do you balance, you know, you want her to be safe because she's eight. And you don't want her to be bullied by the other, the kids in the class who aren't wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it comes down. It has to be a part of education in schools, right? That people have differences, mm-hmm. you know, and if a mask is a part of how we dress, how can, you know, right? It's part of like our new attire for some of us and not for others. And how do we accept the way people dress and that it's okay and teach and model being non-judgmental, decreasing bias and 
understanding that people can have different perspectives and values, right? We, many of us, you know, are around in schools and you can see, you know, based on um, religion or spiritual values, people dress in certain ways, you know, whether it's somebody's wearing a cross because they're Christian or a hijab because they're Muslim, you know, a mask because of medical needs or um, health safety, whatever it is, how do we teach and practice non-judgmental acceptance of one another? Mm-hmm. And that's going to come from the school and the adults in the building and from the parents at home of saying, it's okay that we can agree to disagree in this. We, this country is already so polarized politically right now um, on so many levels, but how can we be the models for our kids that we don't have to harass or judge or bully somebody for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, right? And that's, yeah. that's the key. And I know it's a really heated subject mm-hmm. and adults, I think need to figure out how to be adults about this. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I, I say that in like a tongue in cheek way because I've, I've heard these conversations, right? On both sides of it. And I'm not wanting to get into that political side of it, this is a part of what we have to teach our kids, right? Some people are going to come in with mask reasons. We don't know the reasons why they're wearing masks or not. Um, You know, I have an autoimmune disorder. So I worry about um, my coverage from the vaccine. So I wear a mask. I also have a child who's not vaccinated and I worry about her. So we wear masks, even though we're vaccinated. That doesn't mean that I expect everybody else to wear masks if they're vaccinated or not. I'm just gonna make decisions based on what works for me and my family while practicing not judging others. And that's the piece where I really want us to think about how are we going to proactively do that in schools? Mm-hmm. How are we gonna proactively do provide social emotional learning, do some lessons, not just talk about accepting differences and being non-judgmental? but teach it, teach it as a behavior, teach it as a skill, do exercises and um, group projects around it. So we get the kids to really see the differences. Yeah. Yeah. And and even you saying like mask and not mask, it brings up feelings for me about seeing people, large amounts of people masked. And when I was in school, the mask and who was wearing one and who was not and how many times I had to tell them to pull it up or to put it on or to, mm-hmm. you know, um, and even like when I was in a large crowd, I was at uh, Disney World and a lot of people were not wearing one and they were many children under 12 and I was not comfortable. I was like masked up on the ride. Like, like I was like, probably not gonna, but like on the ride masked up. And I, you know, one of the exercises, and I love that you're talking about like, how do you teach non-judgmental? Like, how do you teach that, right? We talk about it all the time. How do you teach it? What does that mean? One of the exercises that I did um, when I taught it in school was I would take pictures of different things. So I would take pictures of like, <laughs> like objects. I would start with something that was that wouldn't elicit too much of an emotional response. So I would do like a telephone, right? And the kids were like, "Is that is that a phone?" Like they didn't even know <laughs> what it what was. Is that thing that's like all clunky <laughs> on your wall. Yeah, they were like, yeah. "What?" 
that's an old school phone. I'm like, oh God, that's the answer you gave me. Um, so I would do like a phone um, and then I would do, and then I would have them describe the phone to me. So like the color, the shape, what, what's going on. And then I would, um, you know, just little different things about just the phone, just what it looks like, just describe it to me. And then I would move it up. So maybe I would put a person um, and it would be a person that they didn't know who it was. It would just be like a rando person, like that's it. Um, and then maybe I'd go up higher and higher and higher, right? So then at the end of it, I would do somebody who's very polarizing, um, which is Donald Trump, right? That's like the most polarizing person that you could think of and their reaction with like, ah, right? And so you would say, okay, I want you to notice your reaction to it. And I want you to come back and just tell me what you tell, just describe what you see. Right, that's such okay. a great exercise that we can teach kids to practice the difference between judgments and non-judgmental describe mm-hmm. observations of the behavior of the characteristics that you see. And to notice that how our interpretations AKA are especially our judgmental shorthand interpretations fuel the intensity of our emotions. And when our emotions get bigger, our problem solving, our prefrontal cortex executive functioning slows down, the more intense our emotions are. So then we kind of lose some of that rational minded thoughts. And I think this is a great reason to practice and show that to children. Right. There's so many ways that we can look at that and to practice. How do you describe? Um, and I think for adults to be able to really practice this as well is key, um, you know, or to do scenarios where, you know, you can see reasons, you know, no mask. And, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Now, what if I give you this scenario and tell you about some of the background or medical history? you know, and to why this person doesn't wear a mask. And same reason on the other side for why people wear masks and then background medical history. Does your, when you have a little bit background and understanding and insight, does your interpretation or judgment shift? Being able to highlight this idea from a dialectical perspective that there's more than one answer, right? It's not all or nothing. You're either masked or not masked. That individuals make decisions based on their perspective as if to their master not masked on this. And so without like, you know, we're practicing like being non-political and divide here. It doesn't matter which way you choose. It's about, can you teach how to see somebody else's perspective? And you could, this is where, you know, you can agree to disagree. And then how do we then turn that over to the next step of, not teasing or bullying somebody about their choices, whether it be a mask or their makeup or their hairstyle or how they dress. Um, you know, how do you practice not bullying and teasing based on how somebody presents themselves or what they have or don't have? Mm-hmm. Right? We all have differences, and being able to, we don't know everybody's story. So, how about not just filling in information based on why our judgments? So Liz, my, my question for you um, about this is, what about people who automatically say it's not about that, it's about a safety issue and you need to be wearing a mask because you're not keeping everybody safe or you need to be vaccinated because you're not keeping everybody safe. Everybody has seen a ton of 
kind of just this social media bombardment of those topics. Right. So what do you say to those people who feel like you're not, you're not being safe if you don't? Right. Right. This is, I think this is a huge load of topics. Let me just kind of put that out there to start, you know, this is what I hear people saying, people close to me, people not close to me, you know, it's one thing that it's your choice to not wear a mask. And when you not wearing a mask impacts my health, that's when it's not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's the loaded piece. And I don't know, you know, we all do things that impact other people. Like, you know, if I like look at coronavirus, it has a huge high impact. I am all about on my side, to be honest, like people wear masks, keep kids safe, wanting to have that out there. And simultaneously, there are people all over the world who do things that put other people at health risk. That's true. Right. Think about the number of people who, you know, your kid has the sniffles or a cold and you've got meetings all day for work. And so you send your kids to school or you're like, you're not that sick. You're fine to go to school or the adults that go to school, go to work when they've got a cold because we don't have the days off. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how this world works. Or, you know, you might your kids might have the sniffles and you still go to the playground and play at the park not thinking about like, oh, if there's a kid who's somewhat immune compromised in some way, they could get really sick from my germs. So we're all thinking about this because it's now in our face. And right, so it's just totally my personal opinion. Don't, don't judge people if you don't wanna be judged, right? Try to find a perspective that is about teaching kids the long-term message and what you want because our kids are listening to us that's for sure and if we are judgmental and negative and talk in disrespectful ways about other people's decisions Mm -hmm. they then will speak that way they then will go to school and talk to kids in a judgmental tone saying things like I don't understand why you wear a mask or I don't understand why you don't wear a mask. Like that's stupid, right? They, they just say things without thinking through of the impact on the vulnerable child, right? Children are sensitive, right? And the, they're either going to get really sad and hurt or they're going to get sad and angry Mm -hmm. and then bounce and then kind of retaliate. And then we just have an uncomfortable emotionally unsafe place for kids in schools. Mm-hmm. And since it's a place where they spend the majority of their time, how do we foster an inclusive, non-judgmental and supportive environment whether you, you know, whether whether it be masks or how you dress or what music you listen to, supportive non-judgmental environment mm-hmm. and teaching kids to communicate and um, be present in that way. I, I thank you for being just like, you know, really vulnerable and, and saying your because it's tough. And we just want to acknowledge that it's tough. Like we all have our, we come here to the podcast, like having our own opinions. And that's why we're talking about it, right? Like these are the things that we're talking about in school. Um, and like from a practicality standpoint, I think about like, when do you infuse this into your conversation? 
it needs to happen this. So a lot of um, schools the week before or whatever, they have these like um, professional developments. Mm -hmm. This is not, this doesn't have to be a long drawn out hour presentation. It's, you know, 30 minutes, put that at the top of your board and talk about like, okay, this is, you know, what the, what the mandate is or not at our school. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to attack this. We're going to come from a non-judgmental stance. We're in our, in our classes, we're not going to mention like, oh, well, if you're not doing this, then this, right? Because a lot of teachers tend to do that. I've sat in many classrooms where it was very apparent what that teacher believed and they made it very known and were very, to be honest, judgmental about people who didn't believe what they believed. Right. Um, even when I would listen to debates and things like that and the kids would try to come from the other side, the adult would shoot them down. Now, not, not in a um, negative or like, oh, no way, but they would like make it so that their point was <laughs> the point that mattered. Right. Um, and so you have to be careful if you're a teacher listening to this and even if you're a counselor and this, like, like not um, putting your views on the students and you also coming from a professor, mm -hmm. like a non-judgmental stance and with adults, when you're speaking to adults, the kids, you, like you said, they're listening and they're watching. Right. And so, you know, one practical piece I think that's really important is when your kids are coming into the school building in the mornings, are you standing out front? Are you saying good morning and glad you're here? Thanks for coming today to each and every student as they walk into the building. If you know their names, add that in even better, right? So that you are noticing them, not the differences amongst them. Like, are you master, no master, since we've been talking about that, right? Every kid, same thing with every teacher standing at your classroom door, welcoming and thanking every child for entering your classroom, right? That's the first step in an open, that we are all welcome here. We are all open here. I'm glad you're all here, um, I think is the first place. And then starting with, you know, if whether it's around masks or not, just we all come into this for different perspectives. We've had different experiences mm -hmm. over these last 18 months or different experiences over the summer. And, how can we all show up here in a place of acknowledging our differences and respecting each other's differences? How do we make this a classroom that is our classroom, right? Where we all belong to it and we all support each other. I, I love that, Liz. And, and it keeps it consistent too. Mm -hmm. Because what will happen is, is that it'll be another topic and you'll be like, oh, we need to respect each other's differences. But then something else happens and you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't, that's not cool. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so you're being consistent across topics too. It's not just this one thing I feel this way about. And so that's it. Right. Everything is non-judgmental. Everything is we can agree to disagree. Everything is okay. You have a perspective and I do too. And they're different. And it doesn't mean that anybody is completely wrong. And I can see your side of it because that, that uh, kind of feeds its way into every part of your day and a part of an ag agreement or a disagreement between your students. Right. Exactly. And I just realized you know, you and I talk this language all the time and we keep saying the word non-judgmental. And I just have this thought, I'm like, some of our listeners might be new and not know what we mean when we say non-judgmental stance um, from a DBT skills perspective and from the curriculum. And that when we are saying non-judgmental, 
we're really meaning how do you describe something in a way that's not with a shorthand interpretation or a word that is like shorthand for good or bad, right? When we say, um, you know, that's a bad idea, it's a good idea, or, um, you know, as we kind of go through it, just describe like this idea will likely have this outcome and that idea will have that outcome. To describe it non-judgmentally, when we say like, ah, oh, that person's being such a jerk, what does that mean? I always think of judgments like as lighter fluid or fuel for our emotional fires. And the more judgmental we are, the bigger our emotion gets. So I keep saying that guy's a jerk, that girl's a jerk, person's a jerk. Um, what do I mean? What are they doing? Versus that person opened the door for me or that person didn't open the door for me, mm -hmm. right? Is describing the behavior. I still might not like what they did, but the intensity of my emotion is not as high. Mm -hmm. And so when we can get kids and as adults in schools to talk about things non-judgmentally, it's not about like trying to make your emotion go away. It's not about taking preferences away. It's about being able to describe things more accurately as a way that doesn't fuel our emotional fires and that we can understand more effectively to keep our prefrontal cortex, our executive functioning online, as well as our emotions. We're trying to hold both of them together and not um, be overwhelmed by our emotional response. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, coming from a school perspective and like teaching this, I would say start with asking your, your students, like, what do you think a judgment is? What do you, what do you think that is? Elicit their responses and then go into what it means to be non-judgmental and then do an exercise mm -hmm. um, and also explain what, why judgments are powerful and what can happen from judgments like they will tell you stories that they know that or things that they were wrong about that they thought just from looking at something um or seeing something or hearing something and then just like do the exercise i i love our exercise it really worked to help because to get because the kids would be like ah, i don't want to do this um and it helped them do it because they looked at pictures <laughs> and another another exercise i tell i said you guys do this all the time TikTok. you look at the video right? You, the dances, you look at the video, mm -hmm. you describe it to your friends, and then you all do it together. So you're observing, you're describing, you're participating. You're, you're, doing, you're doing it already. You just don't even know. Um, so them understanding like this is something that you do all the time. You just don't even realize that you're doing it. Um, and then you can infuse that into your lesson. Honestly, you can do it in like 15 to 20 minutes. I know I'm talking about somebody who's done it for a long time. So yes, it might take you a little bit longer to like kind of write it up. But it, it's something that you can kind of infuse like 15 to 20 minutes in the beginning of the day, mm -hmm. just so that you can kind of get the jitters out of the day so that everybody like sets the tone up. Right. So. Set the stone up, to the, tone, the tone up. Right. And a lot of what you're talking about, right, is all these lessons are written out in the DBT skills and schools curriculum as lesson plans that gives people, if you're not familiar with it and you want to be able to talk about it, you can go to the lesson plans and get them out of there as well. Um, lots of YouTube videos we have on the DBT in schools website or YouTube channel and website that you can get there also. So lots of little places to kind of figure this out. You know, the key is that the judgments we're trying to decrease are the judgments that are based on individual perspective, right? And those are the judgments that typically fuel our emotional flames and can make things uncomfortable or hurtful to others when we are not being monitors of that. And so teaching that to our students, especially this year coming in 
where not everybody's coming in the same way based on values. Some kids are going to be anxious. Some kids are going to be excited. Some kids are going to be both anxious and excited. Um, to be able to look at each individual and describe where they are in any given moment, non-judgmentally, will be helpful for um, you in your school day. Well, thank you guys for listening to us. Um, we are excited. We're so excited to be back with you all. Um, and let us know how your school's been going and, and ready to go. I, I know some of you guys are have already started. Um, so just hit us up. We can be found on Instagram at how come they didn't podcast. You can also hit us up on Gmail at how come they didn't podcast at gmail.com. And then you can find Liz at dbtinschools.com. Uh -huh. And on Instagram and Facebook for DBT in schools, we're always giving helpful tidbits about how you can be bringing these skills into schools. So we look forward to hearing from you. Um, follow us on social and we will see you all soon again. Take care.